Welcome to a Meaningful Marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million-dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real-life stories. I'm Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Welcome to Missoni and Marshall, the Meaningful Marketplace. We are here weekly to discuss the journeys of women in the food industry. We're glad you've joined us today. We're here with tips, love, and stories of hope for all of our food friends out there. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Missoni of Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center. Sarah, tell me about your week. Ooh. While we put it in a garden, we are now urban farmers at the Masoni household. Um, you are, and it's like the most beautiful, perfect garden I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Michael, he's got the touch. Yeah, it's, it looks so good. Touch. It should be it in a magazine so or it something. It should, I know. I wish Heather Our whole yard. There's sunset. only one part of our yard that hasn't been done. It's like a 10 by 10 foot square. And that'll be done soon. Uh, I mean, the whole yard's been remastered since we moved in here. It's so beautiful. I love it. It's like a public park, except for it's just yours. (laughs) No, he's putting in this. We have our whole yard on a drip system instead of like a watering, like a normal watering system. He's done it with a drip system. And so it's all on a timer and it just goes off at a certain time or twice a day and everything gets watered and it's perfect. So great. I love it. And you also yeah. got, we both are now fully vaccinated as of this week. That's true. That's pretty exciting. And I wanted to put out there, if we have any um, food friends that are having trouble getting their appointments booked, I have some tips. So reach out if you need them. Yeah. Because um, I know some people are struggling to get appointments, but there it's, you know, there's ways to do it. So reach and, out if you need some help. And we put in 12 different types of peppers. Oh yeah, in your garden. I know. I want to. I want to do a special. We should do a Masonian Marshall sauce. I think that would be really fun. <laughs> I think it would be cool. Except yeah. for I know you said you put in a lot of spicy peppers, but you don't like things that spicy. So, I don't. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm I have not, to. I I'm know probably you. not going to eat it. I'll just help you figure it out, and then somebody yeah. else could eat it. That sounds good. I think it would be really fun, though. We should do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a couple of past guest updates that I just want to pass on Ooh, because I feel like some of our guests are really rocking things out right now. And um, I'm really proud of them. Every time I see someone post something new, I'm like, oh, you get it. I'm like so excited, you know? So, so Elsie from Creole. Oh, she's she got was, a lot of stuff. She does. So when she was on the show, that was, you know, she was one of our first guests. Yeah. And she, you know, 
she didn't have labels yet for her product. She, um, you know, oh. was at the one Beaverton market. And now I just saw her last week at PSU market. So she's at a lot of farmer's markets. You can check her website for where she is, but she's yeah, she all over the place. People. She had to hire like, people. Oh, she has staff. <laughs> she has beautiful labels. She's doing all these different products, Haitian products. Everyone should still go get her book cookbook that's available. So, yeah. um, so I just wanted to mention her because she's really growing and expanding. And, and when you do that, you really need support. So everybody yeah. go visit Elsie at the farmer's market. Uh, and then also Stacey at Side Yard started her farm brunches and oh, yeah, still has tickets for the Greekster that we were talking about, the Greek Easter. So if um, people want to do that, there's still a few tickets up for that. And then Farm Punks, our past guests, they are starting their summer so, CSA. So nice. they... they are full for spring, but you can still sign up for their summer CSA. And, you know, I signed up after they were a guest on the show and it's one of the best things I've ever done in my life because they wash my lettuce for me so I can eat salad all the time. And sometimes I, you know, I grow lettuce, but theirs is a thousand times better. So <laughs> coming from a real client, I love their CSA. So I would suggest joining it. And then one Fair more... Enough thing to announce is Femi Kingston, our guests that do the Jamaican um, spice blend. Yes, yes. Yum. They have a sausage that's in the new season's meat case now what? that is made with their Jamaican spices. So you can go oh. and get it. You know, New Seasons is really trying to support all of us. Um, and so you can go get their Jamaican sausage from New Seasons. So you should that's go awesome. try that. Those are all my past I'm on updates. it. I wanted everyone to like be proud of them with me and go support them as much as you can. And we have a special guest today. We're not alone. <laughs> We're not alone. It's we not just not Sarah alone. and I. It's not just talking about our our lovely guests. We have a new guest for you. So we have Kelly Cox with us today. And Kelly is many things. One of them is that she is the host of Original Fair on PBS, but she is also a movie director. Yeah. She's, is she famous? Editor. She seems famous to me. Well, she's amazing. And she's also one of my friends. So (laughs) I want everyone to know how great she is. Welcome, Kelly. (laughs) Oh my goodness, Sarah. You are I'm overjoyed to be here and to listen to you. And I feel like I want to, I want to hear more about the garden and just talking about your past guests makes me, I didn't think I could miss you or Portland anymore. (laughs) I do. (laughs) So nice. to. uh, I know. That's why as soon as I saw your face, I was like, ah, I feel like we're supposed to be in the same room together. Like this is too weird (sighs) because you don't, I, you know, this, this year has been so weird, but the weirdest thing about it is that you lived here pre COVID and now you don't. And I don't even know how to process that. Completely. Sarah doesn't even know where you are. I don't. I, Sarah That's, asked me where you moved to. And I was like, I don't even know somewhere in the middle. Either, so it's <laughs> I never so, really knew where I was. And now it's just, uh, I, I have a garden and chickens. <laughs> so I, I love that irrigation and growing peppers, which mm-hmm. usually I would talk to you about flights and layovers and how to get to <laughs> India in the most efficient and comfortable way. But that's not the case now. 
But anyways, thank you. Thank you for thinking of me. I'm so excited that y'all have this show. It's amazing. Yeah, it's fun. I'm I'm glad that you can be on it. So I have a question. Go ahead. What is more difficult, making fresh mozzarella or hand harvesting rice? (laughs) Hand harvesting rice. That looked hard. Hands down, hand harvesting rice. Hand harvesting most things is difficult. Mozzarella, though, is I was uh, spoiled with my teachers and I had already done quite a few cheese stories at that point. So I was in Italy doing a lot of cheese. I'd been in France doing goat cheese. I'd been in Spain doing cheese. So at this point, cheese to me is like, okay, I get it. And then hand harvesting rice, especially with that kind of first day in Japan layover hangover. (laughs) I was like, I don't get any of it. (laughs) It looked really fun though. Yeah. So Sarah's talking with Kelly about her latest episode. So for those of you who, who want to know where that, where those questions are coming from. So, so Kelly, you watch, you can watch episode about Japan and you'll understand my question. Yeah. So you let's, let's just explain your show to people. Let's start there. Good idea. What, what is your show and what do you do on that? I was going to say, are you going to explain it? Because that'd be amazing. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't explain it, but I think you'd be better at it. <laughs> I think like you would be better at it. I don't know what it is anymore. Um, my show, The Original Fair, has been on PBS now for six seasons, seven years. I think our our launch of the sixth season was at the end of 2019. That was with our Vietnam episode on fish sauce, which was amazing. Um, What a great team to collaborate with and a great story. But the whole premise of the show is to find where ingredients come from. So it's a little bit of travel, a little bit of food sort of wrapped up in that. But the real thing is about getting my hands dirty and the viewer's hands dirty, their eyes a little dirty, by understanding the work that goes into f- specific ingredients and also the culture that surrounds and the environment that surrounds and supports them and why these things are really cool. I find those, I find that stuff fascinating. And I hope when people watch the show, they have some appreciation as well. Yeah, you definitely get in the thick of things. Yeah, for sure you do. And that's my favorite thing about it is that, um, you know, it's it's a part travel show. It's part food show. And you really get to know the people and, and wherever you are, the environment that you're in. And I really love that about it. Um, but also my favorite thing is that you end up with a lot of my buddies in places. <laughs> And me and me. And I feel like one of my biggest regrets is that you have invited me on so many of your trips. Like you said no. So many. I've said no to all of them because I I have only met Kelly since I met her when I was pregnant. And the first show that she or first trip she invited me on was to Puerto Rico with our friend Christina. Yes. Because we were making a hot sauce together. And um, you know and you and Christina were making the 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 sauce together. The, yeah. We were ma- yeah, Christina and I were making a pique. Um, we still make it oh, um, based so on Puerto Rico. And 
they went to find these peppers. Kelly and Christina went to Puerto Rico to find these peppers so we could make the sauce and have our farmers grow them here. And it was, you know, they, they did end up finding them and we now make the sauce. But, um, but I didn't go with you because I was a new mom. I could not figure out how I could travel with a baby. Yeah. I was nursing, you know, I, I either had to take her, which Christina took Ethan, you know, we have kids the same age. And I didn't go. And I was like, I really should have gone. I could have, you know, people travel with babies, but I free. They just sit on your lap. I know. (laughs) I I know. Come on. And I didn't do it. But in your defense, you also have a business to run. And yeah, that's hard. One of the things that I've always admired and honestly, I've been quite jealous of Sarah and her talent is your business is so rooted to where you are and kind of seasonally. There's so many seasonal implications and relationships that go into your work mm-hmm. where I can imagine it would just be a mental, like that's a valid mental gap to try to navigate through having, being a mom and having, being a mom to us. <laughs> and then like, Hey, fly off to Puerto Rico with us. It'll be fun. And it's not like my productions have people that are really, you know, extra hands on set. Everybody you know, we're working, lugging in our stuff and lugging the gear around and you're working from sun up to sundown and I get a couple hours of sleep. So yeah, it's, it's not cush, but (laughs) you were were missed. And then I tried to get you on Japan. And if, if the COVID gods ever open up the heavens and allow the world to return to some normalcy, hopefully we'll get you will be going to Japan with me if I get back. Okay. To well, that was my, that was going to be my commitment to you is that I don't like to live being like, Oh, I regret doing that. And I feel like this is like one of the only things where when I was going through, like looking at all your shows, I was like, Oh, Kelly invited me to go there with her. Oh man. I was going to make hot sauce with Kelly with, you know, cause she always, the great thing, Sarah, that Kelly does is everywhere she goes, I don't travel. I think that's what's always kept me from doing it. It's like, I'm not a big traveler. I'll like, I don't like to fly. I'll like maybe go somewhere if it's just a few hours away, but Kelly will bring me back ingredients from all over the world, which is like Mm. the coolest thing. So she'll find anything that she thinks that I would maybe put in hot sauce and she'll bring it back for me, which is really fun because I, I don't go to those places. I may never, I probably will never. And unless my, I am making this commitment to you, Kelly, that next time, (laughs) next time I'm going to say yes. So I make it somewhere good. (laughs) I hope that you, I've, there are times when I have like come to your house and you're, you know, working and juggling everything. And I just dump a large bag of peppers on your table <laughs> and I walk away thinking, oh my goodness, have I just like totally burdened her with something. No, and it, like, it's the best. It's the best. It's like so cool. I just get excited. I get really, really excited and I don't have certain skills to make those things. And I, that's what I learned about being an organ is there are so many talented makers that I could say, Hey, I've got this weird, weird ingredient. I found this amazing black cardamom in uh when I was in Darjeeling doing a story on tea. And I immediately at that time when Quinn candy was in business, took it to Jamie. And I was like, what can we do? <laughs> yeah. Do something with this. <laughs> <laughs> that's really fun though sarah had you seen kelly's show before no no but i did watch two episodes today so that i would kind of know what's going on and i really love what you did with the ladies 
um, at the coast, the North Coast. I was involved with that as well. And I went and taught classes for food entrepreneurs there because it was a whole thing um, from Built Oregon. There was funding through also the Oregon lottery system to really enhance the that coastal experience for people. So there's like a North Coast trail now yep. and you can go visit all the makers and all that stuff. So I was involved behind the scenes. And so it was really cool to see you there with those uh, folks maybe who had never been there. I, I know one person hadn't been on a kayak before. So I think there's so many opportunities for us to expand people's lives just with the natural resources and all the great things that are going on here in Oregon. And I thought that was a real example of that. And yeah. I'm so glad that you watched the, that was the Women's Adventure Weekend episode, which Sarah Marshall is was in. Um, yeah, because I could drive there. <laughs> yeah. I have yeah. this idea. I want to do a woman's uh, annual women's um, conference in Oregon where we rent a whole retreat center and we spend the whole weekend doing cool women's stuff. I've been talking about it for like the last four years and pitched it to the president of the university, probably thought it was nuts, but I think that there's an opportunity there to enrich people's lives just over just a couple days. It doesn't have to be a long time. Yeah, it doesn't. And unfortunately, so I'll back up. So women's adventure weekend was kind of this, this sort of pivot I was doing with my show is bringing a group of diverse women, race, creed, age, as long as you identify as a woman, you can come. And I pretty much cater and curate to this group. We go yeah. out when we went out, we did crabbing on the coast. I had yes. experience working with Nan at Visit Tillamook. And yeah, that's who I worked with, Nan. Yeah, we get their hands dirty. And then I bring a leg of ham because I was just in Spain doing a story on Iberico acorn fed pigs. And so I bring that and I bring some cheeses from Italy. Um, so it was really this, this kind of, <clears throat> Sarah came to do a, to do a canning class and Kumi came and cooked this incredible lunch. Um, but I really wanted to start sharing my experiences with a group. I mean, I, especially now that I haven't been on a plane in a year, I miss my work so much, but after a while it gets a little lonely. So I I wanted to share that in a really tactile way. Yeah. And we did another one. We shot one in May um, 2019. That was in the um, Willamette Forest with Loma Lodge. And we did fly fishing. And it was oh my gosh, awesome and amazing. And the episode has been cut. I'm not sure if it's going to see the light of day. Uh, I did fly fishing in college at Oregon State University. It was a PE class you could take. So I know Are you kidding? No, I know how to tie flies and how to fish. That's so cool. I, my dad fly fished. I mean, because we, you know, grew up out in the middle of nowhere in Oregon and that was like his thing that he did. And I've always wanted to do it. You also invited me to come and I did it because, and I was like, you don't even have to work. Just come as a guest. (laughs) I know. That's great. But have you thought about having your own YouTube channel? That's kind of the in thing right now. Um, you know, I, I guess, tech, I don't know how to answer that question. I mean, I guess technically Just think about it. I have one. Um, I don't know if that would really change how things 
function. I could put that. So I own the show. Um, I could put the show anywhere I wanted to. In fact, I've sold the rights overseas for about five years. So the show is, is well played throughout Thailand, Belarus, China, and random places. Uh, so yeah, I, I own the show, but, uh, I don't, I don't know about, I don't know if YouTube would be, I don't know if the YouTube is the right outlet for the kind of longer storytelling I want to do mm. this kind of content. I've always thought that we should, that you and I together should have some kind of YouTube channel where we just eat really spicy food because it could be called like fiery women or something, because I feel like you're always my spicy food eating buddy because Sarah Masoni, you don't like to eat things as spicy as I do. And I don't, I've actually never met any other women that do except for Kelly. She is like my gal to like, I can have, I can make anything. And she's like, yep, I'm going to eat that. And I'll be like, it's really hot. And she's like, it's my new favorite. And she'll eat, she'll like order my sauce by the gallon. Did you know that? I need a re-up. I need a re-up. I've been like, I shouldn't bother her. But um, I've wanted to do a doc or a series where we could just travel the world to find the best peppers and like really geek out on the qualifications for what, constitutes a good pepper and then how you would translate that into <laughs> just a lot of work for you. I'm, I'm into it. I say we do it. And speaking of, cause you mentioned documentary, Sarah, do you know that Kelly made a documentary? Did you know that? No. What's it about? Yeah, because she doesn't tell anybody. <laughs> and it's so oh, wait, good. I saw she has this other show called the, or the other site called iron way mission. Is that part of the documentary? No. Well, sort of. I mean, you. It, Is that your film like the, company? It's like the film. Yeah, the filming of That's it. Big Dream Global Girls Collaborative Project. That's it. That the, okay, That's I found it. that. So I went to Kelly's movie premiere at the Portland Art Museum. And I cried. I was weeping at this documentary because it was so beautiful. And she had some of the girls from the documentary at the event. And I was like, you know, I mean, also, I was kind of a new mom and thinking about bringing up this this young woman. But mm-hmm. Kelly, will you tell our listeners about your documentary and just what what you did with it? And I'm, you know, it's. I had forgotten that memory of that screening because it was the documentary is a, is probably the best thing I've ever made. (laughs) Um, Not to discredit the show. I love the show, Uh, but the documentary follows seven girls ages 18 to 20 from Oman to Kenya to America and Costa Rica. So seven girls from all over the world who will stop at nothing to achieve their big dream in science, technology, and engineering. STEM, yeah. And um, I got to meet just a wonderful group of young women and from all different backgrounds with different skill sets and passions and um, we made a feature doc. So that means it's an hour and a half. Um, that would would have been 2014. And then I very grateful. The film got accepted into a program called the American film showcase, which is run by the state department. And this was pre Trump era. So it traveled the world and young girls saw the film and I got to watch them seeing the film. And that just was, I can't ask for anything better. 
Let's take a break. And when we come back, you can tell us more about each of those gals that were in your documentary. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of Meaningful Marketplace. With a mission to serve all Oregonians, we are committed to giving voice to those whose food and agricultural stories are not always heard. By providing access and opportunity for a more diverse and just food system, because food brings people together. We're back. Which, which story in that documentary um, stands out most to you? Like, what's your favorite story? Do you have a favorite? Hmm. My goodness, that would be so, that would be really difficult to choose. They were all quite special. I, I got really close to Martha. Um, she's from Kenya. And at the time, she wasn't able to get her visa track to come into the U.S. to study. I think she'd like gotten some work sponsorship by a big tech firm and she couldn't get it because she was technically a gap year. She was like 18, 19. She wasn't married. She didn't have kids. So she instead, you know, she tried again and instead took that defeat and then pivoted and started building schools around Kenya to help teach other people engineering and coding skills. And I've been in contact with Martha. She was actually in one of my episodes of Original Fair. Uh, she's just such a firehouse. She's just so powerful and strong and confident. And it's, I think she's still 20 years younger than me. And I see her and I'm like, will you be my mentor? <laughs> That's very sweet. So can people see the documentary? They can actually, it's on Amazon. Great. I think they have to pay a dollar or two to rent it, but it's on Amazon. It's called Big Dream. Uh, my friend, I have to give a shout out. My friend who is now a little bit famous, Kevin Morby did all the music. So if you like Kevin Morby's music, it's some of his early stuff and he was amazing and uh, so kind and generous to allow us to use some of his tracks. Well, I'm glad that cool. it's out because I remember back in the day when you couldn't quite get it on to Amazon yet, I think because of music issues, right? I was trying to help you figure it out, but I, I don't know anything about that world. So I tried really hard, but <laughs> <laughs> I still have a file folder on my computer that says like music permission, Kelly. <laughs> I, guess, I guess now I can get rid of it because you got it. You've got it taken care of. People can watch it. I'm so glad everyone should should go watch it because it's so wonderful and inspiring and I love it. I have a question. So you've been friends for a long time. How did you two ladies meet? I remember. Do you remember? I I think so. I mean, I think you were doing a show on Jamie and came to the farmer's market. Is that right? That's, that's right. I wouldn't, I didn't, I wouldn't call it a show because I never had the honor to do a full episode on Jamie, but I was shooting. I, it was my first time in Portland. I was I had just moved to California from New York and I got in contact with Carrie and Janie at Little Green Pickle who had invited me to come up for a feast. And I met Jamie, got super jazzed about her. We went to the farmer's market and I think she was like, oh my gosh, you have to meet Sarah. <laughs> and that was, that was it. I yeah, got all your hot sauce and I've been <laughs> ever since. Yeah, that's all it really took. I think that it, that must have been the first year of Feast, I think, right? I think it was maybe the second. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That probably yeah. was 2014. 
And then you moved here shortly after. And then, yeah, we've just been hanging ever since. (laughs) That's so cool when you meet somebody and you just click with them and instantly become buddies. It's the best. Yeah. Well, Sarah, as you know, Sarah Masoni, Sarah Marshall is just quite an exceptional. She is. So it was very exceptional. Opened her. You know, because my husband and I, like, we we were new, and and to be frank, I mean, I my travel schedule pre COVID was pretty insane. I didn't yeah. spend a lot of time at one place, and then when I was home, I'd either have to be in editing or in pre production. So for Sarah to like welcome us in, into her family, and our husbands got along really well, and her daughter is super fun to hang out with and hilarious to watch. And, you know, it just kind of like the times I got to see Sarah in between traveling made me, rem- reminded me why I lived in Port, like why I moved there, why I wanted yeah. to, got me connected to everything. Yeah, quintessential Portlander. I know. So are you going to move back? (laughs) (laughs) The biggest question. Yeah. Well, I technically, you know, I never really moved away. I I tell people I'm a COVID refugee. Mm -hmm. I really am. I mean, we, I was in Japan finishing the episode February, 2020. And as I was traveling back, I was kind of like this COVID deal is going to be, it's going to be bigger than I think we give it credit for. And by the shut, we had gotten notice that we had to move out of our house we were renting on Cooch Street anyway. So we were already like, okay, where are we going to go to in Portland next? And then with the shutdown, I just saw the writing on the wall to be a travel show <laughs> that's focused on international travel. I was like, this is, we're not going to make, I'm not going to make any money. I'm not going to have work for the year. And at the time I was going to do two women's adventure weekends. Um, Cause I wanted to continue do, doing those. So I was working with McMinnville about doing a summer and winter session and trying them out to do maybe for like a couple of years, just to keep them there and perfect it. But I just, I, it, it looked bad. So we decided in April to go down to California and stay with my parents. And <laughs> we're going to ride this whole thing out. Right. And it's like in Shaun of the dead. And like, and then we'll go to the pub and we'll ride it out to the end. So we <laughs> thought we'll just ride it out. We put our stuff in storage in Portland and we'll be back, you know, by the fall, it'll all come back again. And it didn't, it hasn't. And my parents, um, my mom got a job in uh, offer an, a really nice job offer in Idaho. So we helped them put their house on the market in California, move them to Idaho, a little town called star uh, west of Boise. And we moved them here and we're just still kind of here. I can't say <laughs> how long we'll be here, but see, I didn't even know you were in Idaho. I said you were in Iowa. Cause I knew it, was- <laughs> it started with an I, I don't know. It had an o it was like, it. I have no idea. I, I mean, I knew you went to California and then I just sort of, I didn't know where you went yeah. after that. <laughs> You're not I'm, that far. I could drive there. <laughs> you can't. It's actually a beautiful drive from about eight hours. It's George. It's so gorgeous. You go through Eastern Oregon, which is one of my favorite places in the state. You hit Boardman and the gorge, and then you just drive the gorge the whole way. 
It's gorgeous. But I got my chickens. So I will say my parents have two very rough, undeveloped acres. So I've taken the time to do things I could never do before, which is start Mm. a garden and start from seeds and get chickens and build things, get my hands in the soil. Um, But I drove to sisters for my chickens (laughs) because... My chickens have to come from Oregon. I'm what kind of chickens did you get? I got two lavender Orpingtons and two Easter acres. Are they making eggs? Yeah, they were laying. They were pullets and two were laying when I got them. And it took us about a, almost a month to get back into the, the groove. But I'm, That's cool. Yeah, I'm a little bit obsessed. So I'm not far. Okay. Well, I mean, I think that I'll have to come see you at some point. <laughs> yes. Yes. You or have to I, deliver, deliver hot sauce. You can write I know. Well, you know, I've already shipped it to her. That's why I should have known where you lived because I made the label that went on your package, but I just didn't. Wasn't didn't that stick. your shipping department? With me. Yeah, I am the shipping department. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I'm the well, shipping department at my house. Yeah. I mean, Dirk actually packs them up, but I make the labels because the, the things on my computer, but you know, I made that label for you. <laughs> so Kelly, I well, want, I want people to understand, cause I, I'm sure you get this question a lot, but like, you know, you have, so you have this show, you've had it for quite some time. How, how did that happen? Like, how did you get a show on PBS? Well, you know, it's a funny answer. (laughs) There's nothing very pretty and romantic about it. Um, You know, I got into that side of content to diversify what my video production could do. So what I mean by that is we were in New York with a video production company that did a lot of science and environmental based content. Our big clients were Disney, Cisco, um, NRDC. Uh, Anyways, so we were doing that and I kind of saw the writing on the wall that technology was changing, budgets were changing. We need to, the recession was hitting. We need to adapt. So I initially started out, original fair was called The Good Traveler. It had two hosts, two different friends of mine. We had a, I probably put $20,000, $30,000 of my own cash into shooting a pilot, which was going to go to NBC Green. It was going to be, a, the show was kind of like about environmental climate crisis, right? What do we lose when the climate changes? Well, we lose the ingredients that the earth provides us and the jobs that come with it. Um it didn't go anywhere. (laughs) The recession hit us very hard. And so my husband and I, you know, we packed up the office and went from New York to California. So I said, listen, we have all the cameras. Let's just shoot food content on the way. Um, Hospitality stuff. Just so if I could find us work like to pitch to clients and hospitality or travel, it would allow us to maybe continue keeping the business afloat. So we shot the sh- we shot bits and pieces. I was in North Carolina with this wonderful couple uh, who have celebrity dairy, and they have a goat farm. And the they had the kid kids were out at the time, and they were making cheese. And then the gal we made um, granola together. We were in Little Rock, Arkansas, learning how shiitake mushrooms they were growing at an urban farm. Um, so we just shot a bunch of stuff. Got to California and 
we kind of started doing these short videos, putting them out. I got invited to a blogger conference in Austin, Texas. This is all quite long ago. Blogger doesn't even exist anymore. Um, ended up being on stage with this fabulous woman named Alice Cura, who is based in Seattle, who is a chef, a photographer. I shouldn't say chef, uh, a home cook and photographer. She was doing a project with PBS and she wanted to do a show. So PBS was in the audience. I got hired to do Alice's show in Seattle. And at the same time, they were just starting their digital platform and they said, Hey, you know, we love your content. We'll, we'll put it out there. So it kind of became a show just sort of in the process of that opportunity, because I saw PBS is just a great platform to work with. I mean, it's educational, the most respected educational platform in the country, they gave us uh, Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take this. We'll do this short content, but I really want to make a show out of it. So we were shooting in Seattle. We're driving up from California, shooting in Seattle for Alice's show where we would teach her kids how to make stuff in the kitchen. And then we'd stop in Bodega Bay and go harvesting razor clams with Hank Shaw. And that's kind of how it came together in a, in a very strange long-winded way, but um, it came together and then it just continued to evolve from there. I mean, it was, it's like my documentary. The documentary took me about a year and change to get funded. And I finally found the partner in Microsoft at the time. I never thought I would shoot a Like I didn't think I was allowed to do that. Right. I'm a, I'm a girl I'm in production. I've sat in production meetings, being the person who makes things happen things happen, but having to sit behind my husband or my partner or the guys in the room. Mm -hmm. So I remember being on a plane, coming back from shooting something in Hawaii and I got the money from Microsoft. And for some reason, the documentary just came into this conversation. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm direct. I'm going to direct a feature documentary. (laughs) I'm going to do it. And when I did the show, it was sort of the same thing. I kept kind of putting it out there and the more I put it out there, the more people told me that women weren't allowed to do it. <laughs> so I was like, hate that? like I gotta keep going. <laughs> Did you yeah. ever watch the documentary about that band called the Go-Go's? I love the Go-Go's. Yeah, I started that one. Yeah, watch it. I just watched it. I was like, that's exactly what they went through to yes. be a girl band. There was no girl bands. Yeah. There were no girl rock stars. There were yeah. no girl bass players. No. It's so weird. It's still, it's still, and I don't, sadly, I don't think enough has changed. Um, it's still like we're living in that. We're the original non-equity group of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, I think for all of us, like Sarah, you running the Food Innovation Center, like you, my I'm group, sure, just my group. I don't run the whole thing. I'm I know. I know. Your part. But and I mean, when I started, there was no women hot sauce makers and there's still not the very many, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just sort of you have if you have that fire within you. And I think especially if someone tells you that you can't do something, you're either a person who goes, OK, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Or, you know, you either listen or you don't. And I think all of us don't listen when mm-hmm. someone tells us that we can't do something. And I think I think that's something that I want people to know and to hear is that you don't have to listen. Um, 
you know, you have to follow some rules. Like I follow safety rules, but I don't listen when someone tells me that I can't do something because I think I can do whatever I want. And I think I want my daughter to grow up that way too, that if there's something that she wants to do, she can totally do it. Yeah. Well, and like Sarah Masoni, it's crazy to me that in my time in Portland, your work and who you are didn't come across my desk, right? Like you're the exact person that I want to do a story on and hang out with. There's guys are just louder than girls. I just, they just are. And especially in Portland. (laughs) Well, I mean, the the only way I got that little piece of fame was by when I finally got invited to New York. And that's where I met Rachel who wrote the story about me in the New York times. Otherwise I just kept doing stuff and people kept going, Oh, why didn't I think of that? That's a great idea. And then it would become institutionalized and I always get pushed to the back and people don't remember who had the great idea. So Mm -hmm. that's been consistent um, through my 20 years of work through the university. So, well, I always tell everyone that if they need a great idea, they should talk to you, Sarah Masoni, because you have the best ideas. (laughs) I I love doing creative (laughs) thinking and problem solving. That's what I do. You're really good at it. The best at it. (laughs) I try. So Kelly, I want to talk about what we only, we don't have too much time, but what happens for you now with COVID? Because you can't travel, right? So what do you do? I look at the borders. I'm like, (laughs) what's opened up? Uh, I don't know, Sarah Marshall. Um, I really don't. I really don't know. I think that's why I accepted that I'm not going to know some time ago. And and I, I took on 750 square foot gardening project. I think that's a great thing to do while you wait it out. You know, are you doing any writing because you're a wonderful writer? You know, I had a good friend of mine ask me about that. And I was really surprised that people asked me about that because that's sort of my number one passion. My husband is yeah. a filmmaker. That's why I got into film was mm-hmm. to help get him work. I just wanted to be a writer. But no, I'm not. I'm not doing any writing. You should write, man. You're so good at it. I mean, even like if I was reading some of your past blogs from from when you were writing a lot on, I don't know if you, maybe you don't want to call it a blog. You probably want to call it a journal. <laughs> it doesn't, I really... <laughs> but it's so, it, I mean, it's so good. I had read them at the time, but now, you know, that was a long time ago. And so I was reading them again. I'm like, she's just so good. She should really write. You're such a good, like descriptive writer. And I know that travel writing kind of goes in and out, but I don't even think you have to, I think you're really good at seeing people's passions and then putting them into, um, you know, a form that's really understandable to people. And I just think that you can still do that from where you are, you know? Well, you know, I think it's cause I've had, I wrote one book early on that almost went somewhere and didn't. And then I did a second, which your, your hubby helped me with some stuff. Um, I did a second book proposal that just didn't go anywhere. I think I've got the sting of rejection. Oh man. You, I mean, that's the thing for anybody who has an idea to write a book or a book proposal, that's, you have to, you have to be okay with being rejected because you will be a a lot, you know, especially if you're not, um, you know, someone that is going to create like, you know, like celebrity cookbooks. I mean, I'm in like in the cookbook world. So it's like, you know, those are the ones that are going to get published because automatically you have 
you know, all these instant yeah. sales. But if you're not, you have to, the publishing company really has to be the right fit for you, which probably isn't going to be a good one. I mean, a big one. It's going to be a great one if they're going to publish your book. But, um, you know, you have to... <laughs> you have to like go through a lot of rejection because it's really about money and the publishing world, especially now is really in crisis, you know? And so it's like you have, so part of that is that there's going to be a lot of rejection. You just have to be okay with it and be like, I'll find it. I'm going to find the right person to do this. It's not you. (laughs) If you were, so if you were to be me for a second, Mm -hmm. what would you, what would be like your, your writing application at this point? Would you say like, Oh, just write a, a journal every week or what would you suggest one does? Well, I would do autobiography. Yeah. For you, you already have about the girl stories to tell. I think Mm -hmm. you tell the story about the women that you've met from all over the world that are making our food and making our, everything making everything great you already the know thing them. about writing something is you have to think of it because people might come to you and say you should write a book you should write a book but if you don't get it and you don't have it in your heart it's not going to happen so don't be like having people force you to write a book if you're not <laughs> into it <laughs> that happened to me yeah, <laughs> it happened yeah. to me and I spent money on it. And oh no, it took me like a year to figure out, hey, this wasn't my idea. Oh no, <laughs> not writing a f- effing book right now. Well, yeah. you know, I do. That's all I've ever wanted to do. And I, I even had my friend Hank, who's kind of do, being a, his own publishing company now, he told me the book I wanted to do was going to be too expensive. He's like, it's going to cost you like $50 to make per book because it was going to be a coffee table book with essays and photos and color and he's like you're insane why don't you break it up and do like triptych so three parts one book two book three book the first the first chapter searching for the world's best peppers with sarah (laughs) perfect there you go i'm on board (laughs) all right you guys well i hate to say this but we're out of time (laughs) it goes by so fast but mm-hmm. um kelly before you go i didn't um because i know how to find you i didn't tell anybody how to find you so can you tell people your website your social media how they watch your show how they watch your movie connect them to you will you yeah um pbs go to pbs original fair you can watch it on your apple tv or your smart tv there's a whole when you're in the pbs channel you'll see my original fair deal and a lot of people watch it that way of course you can watch it online or on your phone um maybe some more antics will be posted on my instagram original fair i don't do much of the website so i i think that's it and and how about your movie uh tell them the title one more time big dream big dream like i need to fact check myself big dream on amazon uh yeah big dream documentary so how they find it i'm honestly (laughs) double checking it's been so long yeah i'll i'll tag it in it when we post the show so people can find it because i really want them to watch it it's so special i'm gonna watch it yeah yeah Yeah, i think yeah Big dream documentary, Amazon. Any friend of Sarah's okay. is a friend of mine. <laughs> yeah. Can we do this in person someday? 
Of yeah. course. Let's go to Missoni's garden. I want to see what. Yes. My husband's yes. going to set it up. We're going to have a table and chairs with an umbrella right there and a bench and all sorts of stuff. It's going to be just delightful. Yep. Next meetup, Sarah Missoni's backyard. <laughs> Let's make it happen. All right, ladies. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. for being on the show, Kelly. Nice thank to meet you, Kelly. For having us. Thank you for doing this podcast. Keep keep doing it. Thank you for doing this. We record Missoni and Marshall live every week. You can find us on your favorite podcast platforms like iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you to our audio engineer, Alon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can send us a message on our Instagram at Missoni and Marshall. We will be back next week. Thanks for joining, everybody. Bye. Bye for now. Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of Meaningful Marketplace. As a family-owned organ grocer for 42 years, Market of Choice strives to inspire, mentor, and assist a diverse group of local producers and foster equity in our communities. With 11 stores in Oregon, Market of Choice supports these craft makers as well as farmers, fisher folk, and ranchers by bringing more than 7,000 local products to market. Together, we form a sustainable, community-based food system that serves our great state. To learn more, go to marketofchoice.com. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.